Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradium. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Redefining Success. We've got a special treat today. Joining me is Jeremy Finlay, the president of and CEO of Salesumentary, but so much more than that. Um, I like to call him the branding and marketing wizard. Um, he is a man who just understands how to tell a story and how to put that into branding and how to put that into messaging. Um, I was first introduced to him through a program called Warrior and the movies and the marketing and the story that he told captured my own pain and where I was. And I was blown away. You're going to be blown away by his story. You're going to be blown away by his journey. And I'm just excited that I had a chance to get him on here. So Jeremy, thank you for making the time to join us today. Eric, it's my pleasure. I so love and, and, and really admire who you are as a man and what we've been able to do together over the last couple of years and just in, in the circles we run in. So this is, uh, this is being in good company wow. and this is, an easy, this is an easy yes. I'm really glad to be here, man. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. So you and I know each other, but my audience doesn't. So yeah. it was a conversation among friends. Let's pretend it's a summer barbecue. We're in my backyard and my okay. listeners here just need to be introduced. Who are you? Well, let me tell you. So if we're <laughs> in the background uh, in your backyard, can I put on my accent right now? Hey, man, we're coming in with these barbecued. Okay, let's go. <laughs> um, I am uh, a creator and and an artist. I think at the core of it, um, you know, I kind of accidentally got into business because I saw it as the pathway for freedom. But I, at the core of it, am an artist who really, really loves to connect with humans and and, and unpack people's nuanced, deep emotion and pursuit and curiosity for life. I'm really a lover of of the depth that life just continues to pour over us. And so I'm an artist who who accidentally tripped into business and then as a byproduct became a filmmaker mm. and, and a musician and a storyteller because I realized that uh, stories really really connect connect generations, they connect people, mm. they connect they reach over barriers uh, ge- geography you know geographically, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and so um, I guess these days I just call myself a storyteller in music and film and, and in business. That's fantastic. So you've, I think you've just barely cracked this, but I really want the audience to hear a little bit more about this. If I ask you the question, what are you passionate about? Yeah. And how do you get to live that out every single day? What does that look like? Because you are a man living his passion. I know it. 
Yeah, you know, so over my career, I've been able to help uh, generate tens of millions in revenue for transformational leadership programs. Uh, Wake Up Warrior was one of those programs. And I'm really, really passionate about connection and seeing and and seeing people get that spark and seeing, uh, you know, I, I was to back up, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, I'm a homeschool dropout. I was born at home, uh, no GED, no college education. At 16, I basically told my mom, hey, hey, mom, um, I got a mentor in real estate. I kind of want to, I'm just going to stop coming to the kitchen and doing school. Uh, how do you feel about that? She's like, <laughs> okay. And so I dropped out of homeschool. You know, there's, there's a few of us out there, I'm sure, and got into an apprenticeship because I was a big studier of a, an education program called Thomas Jefferson Education, which was very much committed to an old school level like, hey, you know, at 12, 13, 14, you find an apprenticeship and you, you find a mentor. Yeah. And so at a young age, mentors came into my life because that was just the, the, the frame I was in. Mm. And they implanted in me this spark for uh, stewardship for creativity, for, for wealth, for freedom, for the constitution, for America, for, I became a parliamentarian at 14, which studies judicial law. I was ripping apart Robert's rules of order on understanding how, how they do things in, in the court system. Yeah. And I was just, I became a love of a lover of learning and in the love in the loving of the learning, I discovered that there's so much possible for life. And, and it growing up in poverty and growing up with no, no guidance financially, um, it was a loving household, but it was still kind of a broken mm. doing our best household, you know? Mm. And so growing up with the chip on my shoulder of like not wanting to be broke and have a lot of arguments about finances and all that stuff, I, I ditched, you know, this quote unquote homeschool slash school stuff and just wanted to get into real life pretty fast. And that was this foray into, into entrepreneurship. And, and that entrepreneurship was a path that led to the passion of helping people, whether that's, you know, being on stage performing and giving people a delightful experience of joy and love and passion and expression, or it's coaching and, and helping coaching companies help people with their marriage or with their business, you know, really hard suffering, or maybe it's, you know, I was a school teacher last semester voluntarily for uh, students in their, you know, between 12 to 17 to teach them entrepreneurship and marketing. Cause I was, a, I'm passionate about teaching teenagers yeah. about what's really available to them these days, because a lot of, a lot of them are, you know, scrolling through whatever social media platform they're on thinking that life is just all about likes or mm. comments and they're they're really missing out on how amazing this life is and so i know that's a long that's a long answer to a, yeah. a pretty short question but i'm passionate about people yeah you know and different people groups require different levels of service and so i've found myself you know as a, as a filmmaker in marketing and business and helping transformational leaders. I found myself as a performer because I like to make people laugh and have fun as a teacher. And so, yeah, I think, I think people um, is what it comes down to. So what you've touched on something I think is really interesting. I mean, high, you said a homeschool dropout, no GED. Yeah. 
Um, uh-uh. We live in a world that seems to put a ton of emphasis on practical, you know, education. You go to school, you do yeah. this, you go to college. You, it, and I think that we're experiencing a lot of frustration, unspoken, under the level yeah. kind of frustration around that. What was maybe the greatest lesson, the greatest kind of encouragement that you got along the way of just like, this is the path you need to be going. This is what you need right. to be doing. Um, and because you've made a success out of it. One of my first mentors, his name is Justin Ludgro. He runs uh, a venture capital firm called um, Acclaim. And I was 19 at the time. And I've had key mentors at key seasons in my life really pour into me. And he said something to me that was fascinating. When we were building, we were st- it was like a bootstrap situation. I was 19 and I was technically like the CMO because I was somehow techie and kind of understood technology marketing and so i was super young and and in this environment of a bunch of people wearing suits i had my acne all over my face messed up hair in a baggy suit but i was pretending to be someone important so being around him he told me something one time that really stuck with me and he's like these days it's very important to be a full stack entrepreneur and he's like a full stack entrepreneur there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are so so committed to quote unquote living in their zone of genius that they actually become handicapped and are limping around Mm. unaware and not competent as the world is changing so people who are like i just operate in my zone of genius it actually becomes like being colorblind as an entrepreneur where you're like they don't understand certain verticals of the way business works and so he's like you have to be a full stack entrepreneur you have to at least understand the full dimensions of your business whether you're online or offline. Otherwise, you know, in the name of, I only operate in my zone of strength, you actually become irrelevant. Mm. And mm. that and that was, a, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, he said this. I was like, full stack entrepreneur. Huh, that's pretty cool. And he didn't even realize how far I'd take it because I was like, well, that means I got to learn everything. So I got into design and video and negotiation and sales and door-to-door <laughs> and speaking. And I was like, I'll do it all. And I became like a one-man <laughs> band for a while. Because the second thing he taught me was you need to become a person of value um, to create value mm. and mm. to receive value. Yeah. And so because I was a homeschool dropout, I was like, well, I have no traditional credibility, but what I do have, what I can create is competency. Yeah. So I might not have any credibility, but I can certainly be competent. So I think that's, that was, you know, redefine when, you know, their podcast title, Redefining Success. I think he was the first kernel of like, Everyone's, everyone says, you know, focus on the one thing and be that one thing. And it's like, well, let's try this other way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the biggest obstacles, biggest things that like you're, you're going that, I mean, you can look back now and see the whole path and it's like, yeah, this is, um, this makes sense. But kind of talk a little bit about the places where if you had stopped or if you had just simply kind yeah. of given up you're, you're sitting somewhere else right now but you pushed through what kind of what got you yeah. through those and, and what those moments were so okay um i think every man needs to get their heart broken mm. in some way because uh, that's the gateway to real success every man or woman i was so from 16 to 18 i had some imprint i was apprenticing and then i had the opportunity to do a couple a deal that put me in this million dollar house and I was driving a BMW at 18 years old. Wow. 
And I was, I thought I was just on top of the world. And then 2008 hits mm. and that all went away a year later. So at 19, I went from thinking I was, you know, hot stuff to living in an apartment at, at a phone center selling how to get out of debt programs. And the, 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 the shift was so crazy. I was like, what, what just happened? Cause I was around a lot of people that didn't know how to transition during 2008 financial crisis. A lot of people who taught me what to do were over leveraged. And so mm. I, my mentors became the people who lost. And I, so I just, what I knew to be success was no longer even relevant in the, in, in the economy. Wow. I was like, holy cow. Okay. So my first attempt, you know, a year in, I, I made it, got to taste materialism mm. and uh, then lost it. And so mm. eight, you know, 19 to 24, I decided to just let go of success. And I became a musician and an artist thinking that I was done with the business path that I didn't really care. And then um, I was in a band we had music on rock band. It was in a video games. We were the number one band in Salt Lake City for a hot second. And we had, <laughs> you know, I, I lived like my first early 20s was um, was just being an artist. And, yeah. you know, my guitarist would show up in a Lexus and I'd show up in a longboard because <laughs> I, I was like a, the ultimate man boy. I went from like 16 year old operating like a 30 year old to like a 21 year old acting like a 16 year old. <laughs> It was really interesting because I basically rejected everything I'd learned because I had failed because I failed. Yeah. And uh, and so at 24, I fell in love with a woman who had a kid mm. and I couldn't even pay my phone bill because I had rejected. I knew how to be successful, but I had rejected it because I was like, I don't need that. I'm an artist, you know, mm. and um, and and she ended up basically, you know, we had a really good, really good season together, but then eventually my man boyishness, you know, wore her down and she left and it was over. And I was just absolutely devastated because I thought this was my wife. Yeah. And I, she had a child. So I thought I was going to, I was like, wow, stepfather. Wow. This is, that's a lot. And so, um, in that failure mixed with feeling so frustrated that at 24 years old, I was could barely afford a phone bill mm. and longboarding around to band practice. It's like, what am I actually doing with my life? Mm. What happened? And I started reading books about masculinity and books about uh, becoming, you know, really finding power as a man and independence and discipline. You know, when you grow up homeschooled, there, there's a lot of not, there's not a lot of structure. To, so I grew up with a non-rigid way of living, which really messes with you if you don't get your act together in your 20s, <laughs> you know? And so I, I felt highly unequipped for life mm. in my mid-20s. And I felt like I had a quarter-life emotional crisis. Like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what to do. I don't, I don't know how to be a man. Mm. You know, my dad, my dad, bless his heart, he didn't really know how to equip me yep. with anything. He was more of a brother than a father, you know? And, uh, so I read, I read some books about becoming a man and it broke my heart so wide open because I was like, wow, men are in so much pain and we are so ill-equipped for dealing with our emotions and dealing with our frustrations and dealing with our, 
our pain that we, no wonder we sedate, no wonder we're mm. in chaos, no wonder. And so this became this mission. And this is when I met, um, this is when I met Garrett White, who had just started a program called Wake Up Warrior, which is a men's training program. He felt very called and he had just started, he had a few guys in it. And I had known Garrett because he was one of my original mentors oh, back really? when I was 16. Really? One of my original mentors. So we full circle come back eight years later and I'm, I have this huge chip in my shoulder, so much pain of loss, of rejection, of embarrassment. And he just starts this man's training program. And because at 19, my mentor, Justin said, become a full stack entrepreneur. I had learned music, or I had learned design and film mm. and all these things during my twenties for fun. Cause I wanted to be a musician. So I made music videos and all that stuff. So I was oddly equipped and um, hilariously broke. Um, I was like oddly skilled and hilariously broke. And so Garrett saw like this diamond in the rough and he's like, I think I'm going to hire this guy. And I became his first hire. Um, and then we ended up, you know, over five, six years growing that company into tens of millions of revenue and global movement. Um, and, and so it was from the, the pain and the embarrassment and the soul searching of losing mm. that became the real foundation for creating actual success. I knew some tactics when I was young because I was around the right people and the market was anybody could make money back then in real yeah. estate. Yeah. But then it was really the pain of getting a broken heart that helped me really search and understand and have compassion and empathy on these people who we were going to market to, who was, these were men in pain. And I was like, wow, you know what? I know what it's like to be a man in pain. Yeah. Cool. I'll yeah. market to those. I know how to market to these guys all day. <laughs> You know, and so that was the that was the foundation. What was the first? What was one of the first books on masculinity that really touched you? Way of the Superior Man. Okay. Yeah, Way of the Superior Man was the first one. Um, of course, there's books like Proverbs, and there's books in the Old Testament that really rock. Yeah. Um, Proverbs, especially Ecclesiastes, but uh, Way of the Superior Man, I think, was that was what shredded me open. Mm. to understand the, the feminine have you read that book before i have not i've know it i know it but i haven't read it oh man it, it's so good you might be i mean you're pretty elite so you might be like oh yeah i know this stuff but but <laughs> read you, a bunch of other stuff i mean that would be what that's you you and i know there's nothing new under the sun so somehow some way that book's been written before um no yeah exactly it's all rehearsed stuff you know kind of redigested what about you i'm curious what your favorite man man book is um God, that's a great question. I'm probably going to have to go. I mean, it, as simple as it is, I'm probably going to go with Garrett's warrior book only because that was, and so for full dis disclosure here, um, he's real and raw. I mean, if you go look up a video on Garrett, you there's, he pulls no punches, but everything yeah. that he says is so real and raw and true. It finally it cuts through all the noise yeah. and everything else, but it was that <laughs> book that actually opened me up to what was possible. Yeah. You know, I, I, I had a sense that something needed to be different. Um, like I think of there's a there's an old book called Steve Ferrar, by Steve Ferrar called Point Man, which was maybe the one of the first. Like I went to one of his men's and this Steve passed away maybe about a month and a half ago, um, wow. but he was one of the first men's movements, kind of about the time of Promise Keepers and yeah. everything like that. Steve kind of had his own movement, um, and it was this whole cowboy kind of man up type of thing. But I can't. I would keep like. 
that's the direction I need to go. And then I'd get, go off and run off and get lost. Right. I mean, so like I knew where I needed to go, but there was no way to keep pointing back to true North right. and how to get there. Um, and right. I think that's what it was about warrior book was just the idea that it was something that gave me the access point to things I already knew and helped me point back to the true North. I love that you say that, but <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just because of the topic is important. You know, there's probably a lot of men who listen to this. It's not, it's not um, a sign of weakness to try to find no. insight into how to be a better, more on point man and Absolutely. to become more attractive to your wife, to become more attractive to your clients, to become more attractive, more capable as a man. A lot of us have this internal dream to just basically be the James Bond of our own life. And, uh, and that's okay. You know, like where it's, it's kind of wired into us to be that hunter, powerful alpha guy. And society has done us a disservice in really treating masculinity like it's the toxic plague. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's unhealthy toxic sure. masculinity out there, but there's also the really powerful, nourishing, very grounded, rooted masculine uh, uh, characteristics that are required for a successful society, you know? Absolutely. And Absolutely. I know that you and I share those values. So it's... Yeah. I. I know you're going to be short on time. So there's one question I want to get to, to make sure we have enough time to discuss it. So your season with Garrett comes to an end. And I think what's interesting about that part of the journey is there's many people who would begin to find success inside of an organization or inside of a group. And it's like, you know what? Kick back. I'm just going to coast through what's being built here. I'm going to keep working the formula that is getting me the success that I want. And you could have done that, but you recognize more in your gifting and more in your possibility. And I'd love for you to talk just a little bit about, you know, you, especially if there's people listening who are in a really successful organization, but they feel like, man, I've got, there's so much more for me, but I'm scared to leave. I'm, I'm afraid yeah. to separate from that. I, in the time we've got left, I want to make sure you capture that part of the story. Cool. I felt, so we had reached a point. We'd served a lot of men and, and I, was operating a story like I couldn't be fully me mm. while I was in somebody else's organization. I look back on that story and realize that I could have I could I could have told a different story and and probably stayed. But at the time, the story was too powerful for me to not make a decision. And the story was um, because I had a song in me and I, and I really wanted to help people with creativity and and brilliance and helping understand helping helping people on, you know, tap into their, their, their expression. It wasn't the most, it was, it wasn't really our training. And I felt like I need to go be an artist again. I need to go be a musician. I need to go be a, a speaker, a leader, a CEO, a founder. I need more response. To, I need to be the guy that has all the responsibility. I'm, I'm more of a, I'm a quest. Mm. I'm a, so there's, there's different types of people. And I'm a guy that goes after quests um, mm. kind of above all. Yeah. And so I felt like my season and my quest and my, my assignment had come to a close. Like I was assigned to spend five years and build and establish an organization that to serve men. And then of course the offshoots, the amount of men's programs that have come from that have been incredible. And so I'm like, wow, what a cool legacy. Yeah. Now it's now that I'm done, my heart is like, dude, you need to go on stage again and dance and love and laugh and, not be behind the scenes making films and movies and marketing. And um, there was a, a fear, like mm. 
if I were to do this and be super rich and wealthy and have greatness and legacy and be known for one thing that I'd still die with my song still in me. Mm. And that was a really powerful fear that I had. And now we all have a different song. Maybe it's a book or a, or a film or a child or like there's all, like our song as a metaphor can look like different things. But for me, it was a literal, literal song. I was like, I just felt like I still had a season of, of singing and performing and touring in me. And so here's a challenge to really confront. I was the number two at a big eight figure organization saying like, dude, I could, I'm comfortable. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> loves me. I'm chilling. Yeah. But I was like, I need to get back into the, I need to get back into my um, discomfort zone. Hmm. And I left and the first year gone, I was a train wreck. Is that right? My whole life fell apart. Whole life. Honestly, hmm. I had been so used to being supported that <laughs> all the skills that I needed to learn uh, to grow uh, were so I was so exposed by my inadequacies across being an actual leader of an organization that it was exactly the training I needed, and so I failed for a good nine, a good, a good year and a, a year, good year, year and a half after I had left, and that was the, and I was like, wow, didn't know that's what I needed, but that's what I needed, mm -hmm. and some success started to happen. I started going to music. I got nominated for an Emmy with a a track that. Uh, got played for we wrote a the theme song for the graduating class of 2020 mm. i'm here in southern california that got nominated for an emmy we just did a christmas special last year that got submitted again for um emmy nomination we'll see if it happens this year and so a lot of fruit has actually come following but it did not happen immediately <laughs> man it took you know, 18 months of being a fool, <laughs> overcome a bunch of habits and patterns and beliefs. And, and now that I've reestablished and we've stabilized, I built a company and we help a lot of really powerful transformational leaders across the globe. But damn, was it hard to transition? <laughs> well, but I think it comes back to this idea. I go back to redefining success, right? I mean, some people would have looked at where you were um, inside a wake up warrior and be like, man, you're, you're successful right there, but you still had a yearning for something different. And then you had to go through another valley to yeah. be able to find the journey back out to even where you are now. Yeah, no, I, I thought I was done with the valleys, but oh no. And we never really are because never. the valley always looks different. Our next valley always looks different. And so the valley made and strengthened me. And I was like, man, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I was in the pain for those 90, those 18 months after having all the success, because man, I had so much pride. Mm. I had so much pride and pride is a blinder, man. Yeah. yeah. And it broke my pride and it reopened my learning. And um, so, yeah, that's the. That's so part of what I know that none of the other listeners know is you're leaving here to go film a music video. You've got what, an album coming out, which by the time this releases will probably be out. Talk a little bit about your music career. Cool. So, I have a new single coming out called Reasons, and it'll be out uh, March 25th. So it'll probably it'll probably already be out by the time we're recording this. Yeah. Um, I have a friend coming over. We're gonna go shoot. I do film. I do filmmaking for a lot of prominent um, business businesses and coaches and entrepreneurs. And so I have a, a production company now called Sales Umentary because some of the part of the way we built these companies up was through a marketing method known as the sales documentary. We wanted to 
teach and show direct response scripting, but do it in a way that was really human. And so we made cinema, cinematic sales videos, basically. So now I do that at scale for people. And uh, so in the name of, you know, having a production company, there are certain times where I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go use this production company for my own, <laughs> my own stuff. <laughs> so I'm shooting a music video today and uh, it'll be out uh, March 25th on Spotify, on iTunes. And it's about, it's about seasons of love that come and go and about the lessons that we learn. You can listen to it on iTunes and Spotify if you go look up Jeremy Finlay. And yeah, man, it's just, you know, when this launches, we'll see what happens. And I've got a bunch of stuff to go do in business. So I kind of lead this double life of being an entrepreneur and then like, you know, taking a day or two off out of the week and being an artist. And so far, so good. I don't even have a dog or kids or wife. So at this point, I have the time to... My big question is, do you still have a longboard? That's really what I need to know. I still have a longboard. Yeah. And I still have a skateboard. Mm -hmm. I still that longboard. Part never yeah. left. No, 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 no. That part <laughs> will never leave. I still, I'll be skateboarding my whole life. And uh, yeah. Is there anything you didn't get to share that you want to make sure the listeners hear regarding your story or where you've been? Yeah. You know, um, I'm a big believer in God. Mm. Yeah. And so, um, my, my, when I left warrior and I was in this dark season, my light, my lighthouse back was turning back to God mm. and being, um, listening again yeah. and praying. And it wasn't even about religion. It wasn't even about joining a certain sect or belief system. It was just about really acknowledging my creator and seeking wisdom again mm. and seeking humility and being curious about my weaknesses rather than ashamed of them and, mm. and finding out how I can, how I could regain strength and certainty. And that I really credit to creating success again. I mean, I guess I'm on my third version of, of success. I had success and then P, uh, you know, pit and then success and then a pit and then, yeah. And, you know, who knows what life had, you know, I, I'm, I know there will be more challenges ahead and pride and laziness are usually, and pride and laziness and resting on your laurels usually are responsible for the pits I've experienced. And so I was in a pit too prideful. And then one day I had a friend really call me out in a loving way. And I was, and I was just completely floored by how insightful Mm. this guy was i mean he just looked at me and he's read my mail mm. and he's like he's like bro this is not me man this is god he's just telling me what's going on in your life right now i was like and you you know you have so much available to you you have so much greatness but you have some things you're holding on to that are keeping you keeping you there and, and you're just you're in a season where it's time for you to look at those and when i started looking at those it was that was the gateway to um getting clear again so I'd say submitting to, to God, you know, whoever's listening and like, Oh, is that Christian God? Is that a Buddha God? What God, what God are you talking about? Um, I just, the creator the, of highest light, holy, you know, the, the creator, capital T, like the one, not, not really anything else. That one, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I try to say it diplomatically because I, I really don't care to offend anyone or put my beliefs on them. But I finally was like, I prayed one day and I was like, all right, God, like the only one, the God, like the God, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Please like listen to me. I'm sorry. Mm. I, and I was just like, I'm sorry. 
I kind of have gotten over offending people. I figure there's one God and if everyone else is going to be offended, then I, that's not my problem. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, there's, there's a love for us to manage, to try to manage multiple gods. Like, <laughs> like there's one God, man. Like the other gods are all these idols that we have to overcome. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm, it's easy to put those up in your life every single day without even realizing it. So absolutely. Well, man, that's a whole other, <laughs> that's, really, that's the really other podcast good. we're going to have to do. That's a really good conversation about idols because man, that's, that's probably the most deceptive, mm. most deceptive like thing for even God loving people to trick ourselves into thinking we're, we're good. We're love, you know, we're on point, but like the idol of success, the idol of fame and the idol of acknowledgement, the idol of, of love. I mean, there's so many things there. there that's a good, that's yeah. a good podcast to do, <laughs> but that's, that's it, man. Like just, praising God and thanking God for life and learning from that. That was the key, man, to coming back. That's amazing. So if somebody has been listening and wants to follow what's going on, you're on Instagram, what are, what are the best ways for people to kind of get in touch with you, follow you, kind of stay in touch with what Jeremy Finlay is up to? Yeah, usually Instagram. Um, that's where, that's basically my vlog. You can just really connect with me there. My website, Jeremy Finlay podcast and music is on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, so just Google Jeremy Finlay. You'll find a bunch of resources, videos, podcast, what, you know, whatever. A lot you of taking new stuff. clients at Salesumentary. If somebody wants to know more about what you're doing from a business standpoint, what are you guys right now? Yeah, totally. So probably at this point we'll be back open. Um, if you go to salesumentary.com, it stands, that's sales and then umentary. It's like two words together, sales documentary, but salesumentary.com. And um, I have a training there called the eight figure uh, upgrade that really teaches like the thinking and the, 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 the the more successful you get, it's really about successful thinking, mm -hmm. you know, less doing a lot more really correct thinking. And so I created a training that I'm, at this point I'm working on, but by the time this is out, I'm sure it'll be published. That really helps people understand how to take, if you're already at seven figures or you're or around there and you want to put on a thinking cap to like, how do I take this truly to the next level? Yeah. Um, that training is there and it's super valuable really pithy, a lot of nuanced details, a lot of valuable stuff in there. So you can go check that out if you want to see my business side or if you want to go see my artist side, go hit me up on Spotify. <laughs> um, I'm going to make a quick plug. We filmed the sales documentary together and I could not be more excited. So you guys, business guys out there who need something to really help tell your story. We were in a place where we were stuck and Jeremy really kind of helped us figure oh, it out. It's been a long but great process together. Yeah, documentaries are, are man, rigorous experiences. But I'm really excited for what you've built, man, and excited to see what happens. Yeah, me too. Me too. Jeremy, thank you for making the time. I know you've got to run, but thank you for making the time today. And it's just been great being with you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining us. We will see you next week on Redefining Success. God bless you. Eric L. Dunavit here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavit.com dot com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, 
I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you, all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360.com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.